we are again. We got goals, the podcast by sweatlife.com. It is season eight and we're doing things a little differently, featuring topics from our crew of experts, writers, responding to moments in pop culture or whatever it is we feel like talking about. This week, we're talking about a complicated web of topics, pregnancy loss, pregnancy, and how your fitness routine fits or doesn't fit into all of that. And pregnancy and parenting is such a complicated topic. Hello, it's the United States in the year 2023 now. And I made a really sad list actually and deleted it and wrote in this place, you know what's going on here. Anyway, I'm Gina Anderson Cohen, founder of A Sweat Life and Miscarriage is very common, incredibly common. Both my mom and mother-in-law went through it and more women around me than I could ever know. Um, Stats support this, 10 to 20% of pregnancy end in miscarriage, which is actually probably a low estimate because a lot more underreported. And nearly 20% of women who experience a miscarriage become symptomatic for depression or anxiety. Um, And a majority of those symptoms persist for one to three years. So this is a big, impactful topic. And even a decade ago, people experiencing pregnancy loss were going in alone and told by their doctors, you will be fine. Our guest today will be able to talk about this a lot. According to the American Psychological Association, um, folks were essentially told it will just get better. We'll link to a stat in the show notes um, that can help through that. But all of that stuff, pregnancy, loss, trying to conceive, it changes your body and your mind in a number of ways that Amanda Lauren, who's here with us today, has experienced and shared on a sweatlife.com. She wrote a piece called How Getting Pregnant After Miscarriage Changed My Fitness Routine, which you can find in the show notes. Amanda Lauren is a Los Angeles-based writer whose work can be seen across the internet on places like Forbes and on a sweat life. She also does a lot of other stuff. And also joining us today is Kelly Makovich, who leads the community at A Sweat Life. Amanda, Kelly, what's good? Start with Amanda. What's what's good is the holidays. I am having a really great holiday season because I am almost 20 weeks into a pregnancy. And I'm just trying to prioritize seeing friends. My I don't have family out here. If I did, I would prioritize also seeing family. But just seeing my friends and just like having a good time, sort of knowing that, you know, next year around this time, I may sort of just be very busy changing diapers, which I'm very much looking forward to. And just, you know, just getting to appreciate their company and doing fun things and going to like little get togethers and events. I've just really had a major appreciation for it that I think I didn't have in previous years. So I, I don't know, I guess like the holiday, the holiday spirit um, really like has me this year. Oh, got a stronghold. Kelly making her mm-hmm. podcast debut with a sweat life. Well, kind of. This will actually be our second episode of the season, but Kelly making her podcast debut today. Kelly, what's good? Um, I was thinking about, so I started a new workout last week and I really love it. I don't love that it's at 6 a.m. because that's bonkers but um I know right it's I really am enjoying it because it's small group fitness I'd say it's kind of CrossFit like but I've never really done CrossFit it's just like strength forward small group but what I'm loving about it is that the instructor is incredible like he not only preps us up properly he um has like really thoughtful about his workout and he's watching us so he like makes 
pointers for us throughout, which is so important. But I also feel like he's such a motivator. Like you, I leave class feeling really good and it's not corny. It's very authentic. So yeah, that's, it's what's good with my life right now. New workout. Kelly, sh- shout out your gym in, in Buena Vista, Colorado. Well, so, uh, this, it's out of a, it's out of a garage. So <laughs> I don't even know if it, if it has a name. I live in a really small mountain town. So, you know, it's not like all the studio fitness in Chicago or LA. But shout out to this unregistered, uninsured gym. Where <laughs> no, I, think, I, think it, I think it's legit. I think it's legit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Tina, what about Listen, you? What, whatever works for you. Whatever yeah. works for you. It sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Amanda was a part of like a COVID gym pod. Like it's fine. We all have to get. No, you weren't. <laughs> Just kidding. It's, no, we I, so I I was. <laughs> I I don't. You know what? It's weird. I don't care anymore. Like I, don't I, I was. If people want to judge me, they can totally judge me. Um, it was great. It was like the only thing that I had. COVID was super stressful for me, and it was like the one thing I really had to look forward to. So yeah, yeah, about it. Yeah, not mad about it. Um, okay, my good thing, my uh, <laughs> my husband uh, recently went to this holistic wellness clinic here in Chicago called Green Circle Wellness. This this applies to me. Um, and they gave him access to a, a registered dietitian, and he has been cooking these healthy, incredible meals uh, because it's they're on his plan. And so I reap all the benefits. Yum. <laughs> so, yeah. so my husband's health <laughs> is what's good for me. All right. We always like to start every day at a sweat life with what's good. And we're starting season eight of the podcast with what's good, but we are going to pivot into a heavy, like hard left turn. How are we going to do it? Whatever. Um, we're going to pivot into fine. a heavier topic. That's fine. Um, Amanda, you have talked at length. Um, and I, Super appreciate your candor and transparency as you've gone through both pregnancy, pregnancy loss, trying to conceive. Um, so talk us through it. What led you to write the piece we're talking about now, how getting pregnant after miscarriage changed my fitness routine? Well, it's so funny. So I was thinking about this earlier today, and I was thinking that this whole thing actually really started before the miscarriage. And I think a lot of people can relate to how our how our fitness routines really got shaken up during the pandemic. Um, because I conceived in December 2020, and then the miscarriage happened in 2021. And, you know, LA was extremely restrictive. Even the pod I was in did not, I don't, you know what, it's so funny, COVID times. I don't remember when that started. But, you know, we were all sort of really stuck at the beginning, not knowing where to go, not knowing what to do. And it's so funny because right before COVID, there was this great photo of me sitting on a yoga mat um, in my old apartment. And I remember taking that photo and thinking, wow, I finally have a body I really love. I've achieved this. And then, you know, everything kind of went haywire less than less than a year later, a few months later, actually. So before, you know, I was doing class pass before I got pregnant. Then I joined, um, and I'll say the name of the studio. I don't even care. Play Fit because there's only really one place like it. It's Power Plates. It's half an hour. It's super, it's a super intense, hardcore half an hour. 
And I have to say, I cried when I left. I love it. 10 out of 5 stars. Would recommend this studio to anyone. My only problem with it was you can't, it's not recommended when you are pregnant to, um, to do it. So I knew while I was undergoing IVF and I did two and a half rounds, um, I knew that this was sort of the, the end of this. But I'll tell you, IVF, the miscarriage changed my body a lot. Like the shape of it was different. My boobs were a cup size larger, which I know everyone's like, that's so great. I'm like, not when you're 5'2 and like you want to do cardio and you're trying to find like any sort of bra that fits right. Um, it's really, really challenging. Um, and during IVF, even though it, it's funny, you know, we talk a lot about body positivity and I am all for the body positivity movement, except for the flip side is when you have a real reason to dislike your body, you then feel not only bad about your body, but you also feel bad that you're not positive about your body, no matter what it's like. Yeah, let's dig into that. What do you mean by a real reason to dislike your body? Like, I think, okay, here's the thing. You can, I think that we all have challenges with the way our bodies look. But I think that when your body, at least it's been my experience, that when my body functions normally, like, I have a new appreciation for that. But my body wasn't, you know, I'd had a miscarriage and it made me hate my body because I'm like, why did you have a miscarriage? And the answer is we never found out why we spent a bajillion dollars and hours on tests, pints and pints of blood. I don't know. It just happened. Um, and that happens mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we couldn't conceive. We did three rounds of IUI. Then I did, you know, these two rounds of two and a half rounds of IVF. Um, like, why isn't my body making enough eggs? And why is it that when we're having these eggs genetically tested, they're not viable? And it's so frustrating because biologically, and only biologically speaking, (laughs) women are meant to breed. That is what our bodies are meant to do. And the fact that my body wasn't doing that was really frustrating. Also, as someone who's overcome. I think I've talked about it a bit. I've written about it over the years. I've had like three really bad back injuries. And that's always like I broke my back. And I think six weeks later, I was doing Pilates. I mean, I'm I'm kind of a maniac to make my body function the way it should, no matter the cost, no matter how many instructors are looking at me like I'm a liability. <laughs> It's it's interesting. Okay, I I understand what you're saying from that point of view because it's uh it's almost like you look at like I'm air quoting for listeners at home. You looked at your body as like malfunctioning. You know, you like you you were like how am I supposed to be and I'm paraphrasing this so tell me if I'm getting it wrong. You were looking at your body like how am I supposed to love this body when it's not doing the things that I thought it was supposed to do, right? Yeah, like it doesn't look like the way I would like it to look and it's not my fault. It's not doing what it's supposed to do. And I just felt totally disgusted by myself. And, you know, I think that I think that's harsh, but it's it's the truth. Like I really hated my body and it feels totally different than something when you're like, 
ah, I really wish my jeans would fit, or I really wish that I had more toned arms, or I wish I could achieve this fitness goal. It's something that is totally different. It is like a real betrayal when you put in. I've always worked out four to five days a week. I've always been a healthy eater. I've always been really mindful of what I put into my body. And then my body was like, nope. And it just became really, really frustrating. So when I finally became pregnant, I said I had two and a half rounds because um, I don't know if the third round was successful because um, I think I mentioned this in the art in one of the articles that I wrote, but I wasn't fully basically, this is what happened. I, I was, you know, 99.99% honest, I didn't say why we couldn't finish the round. And the answer is my husband was diagnosed with COVID the night before my final egg retrieval. Oh, no. I was just oh, like, no. you've got to be kidding me. I know. No. I know. I, I laughed. I'm just like, because this hasn't been challenging enough. Um, so I just wasn't like, when that happened, I'm like, oh, should I say my husband had COVID? Now I feel like, okay, okay, we're all over this. He got COVID. So many people have had COVID. I had it last yeah. year. Um, so... That there's no protocol for what to do. I mean, there's no, this is the first time this, you know, doctors have been dealing with this. So my doctor said, okay, we can do your egg. We'll freeze them. We'll wait a few weeks, you know, and then we'll, and then he can do his part to make embryos. So we yeah. were about to defrost, give him a credit card number, all of that. And I'm like, I said, you know, my period's late. Like, you know, let's see. And it was, right before Labor Day. And I said, it doesn't matter. They're not going to thaw them over the weekend. Like, let's just and then I found out on Labor Day that that I was pregnant. So um, I did have more eggs. I do think it would have been a successful round. I may use those eggs to conceive again. I just, I just want to get through this pregnancy before I make any sort of major life decision about two children. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so I know I'm That's, like totally off topic. No, this is not podcasts don't have a topic. <laughs> what what's interesting is so Kelly, I don't want to speak for you, but neither Kelly nor I <laughs> are with child or like currently trying to conceive. But I think I I can definitely chime in and say, like, I've had moments like that where I've been like, my body's not doing what it's supposed to do and I'm mad at it. Um, Kelly, have you ever? Yeah, of course. I feel like all all stages <laughs> of life. Woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you not? Yeah, but I mean, I think what you're going through is definitely unique um, when it comes to trying to conceive and pregnancy. And I've had a lot of friends that have had miscarriages too, and I think that um, it's it's a difficult process. One, the loss and and grief you you had with the miscarriage, but then to get pregnant, and then now now you're in this phase of working out again and you seem like you're in, enjoying it. Is that correct? Well, that's the thing. It's like my <laughs> body finally did what it was supposed to do. And that, and it makes me feel really, really grateful that my body is growing a human and everything seems like I feel so much more comfortable in my body pregnant than before pregnancy. Just because I feel like, okay, it's like functioning is normal. Like I feel like my bump, like my bump is getting bigger, my boobs, even things that are painful. And like, 
you feel like weird pain when you're pregnant. Like no one tells you like there are days when it feels like your boobs have been in a car accident. Like <laughs> it's so bad. Um, or like even like earlier today, I felt this bizarre pain in my hip, but I'm like, no, it's cause I'm pregnant. My body is like functioning. It's like my relationship to pain is totally different. So when I work out, I'm like, first of all, I just want to say this too. And I, I said this in the article, if you're pregnant, I understand a lot of people are superstitious. You must tell your instructors. You must tell your instructors. I cannot emphasize this enough. You have to do this safely because no matter what you're doing, there are certain modifications that you may have to make or that they may suggest to you. Um, and I'm so lucky because I've had a lot of instructors who have prenatal certifications, actually. Yeah. I remember when I used to teach fitness, like I would often be like one of the first people that was told, you know, it would be like husband, mom, me, uh, because <laughs> of that, because they would want, they would want to make sure that they were doing things safely. It's that I think is number one, but it also is, I was also sort of, to be honest with you in a little bit of a rut before I got pregnant. Now I think some of it was just hormones and feeling sort of just not myself due to three rounds of IVF in a row um, and everything else I said. And it's like, I just would work out and it just didn't feel, I kind of lost that thing where I would push myself. Like I lost that voice in my head that was like, no, you can do this. Hold that plank for another 10 seconds. And then all of a sudden I had that back and it felt really, really good. Like I was like, no, I can do like, I'm just re reminding myself. And my body's reminding me every day of all the things my body can do. And so my experience working out feels less like an obligation. Like, I think we all feel self care has become an obligation in a bit of a way. Um, or at least I, I feel that way where I'm like, Oh, I, it's all for self care. And then I'm like, you know what, like a nap would be a better self care, but yeah, it, it really feels every workout feels so much more fulfilling than it did previously, because I just have a better relationship with my body. I mean, honestly, I, I feel like that's a really like lovely way to live in a body positive mindset too, because, or like body, body neutrality too is a goal yeah. to strive for here. Maybe like post-pregnancy. Cause it feels like right now, like you are, you're like happy, you're fulfilled. Movement feels good. Not maybe not like good air quotes, good, but like right. Um, and exciting again, uh, which I love for you. <laughs> and we, okay. You gave a hot tip for those who are pregnant um, making sure you tell your instructor. Um, but what, what other advice would you give at any point to someone trying to conceive or having gone through a big change in their bodies on exercising again? Like what would, what else would you tell them? Here's the thing. You're never going to regret exercising. Like, I think you're never going to regret, even if it's just going out for a 30 minute walk or going to a class, or I've never been the kind of person who can just sit there and run on a treadmill. I honestly, like, I suck at Peloton. Like, I'm just not good unless there's, like, other people there and a physical instructor telling me what to do. But if, but listen, if you're a treadmill runner, good. I, one, I really want to be you when I grow up because I just <laughs> wish I could do that. Um, 
But if you would ever feel Do you so, though? It's so boring. <laughs> that's my problem. I get so bored. It's, yeah. it's so annoying. I'm like, I wish I had that. Like, my, I've tried to become a runner like 14 times. And you know what? I'm not a runner. I know yourself. I'm, I'm just not. Like, I both my sisters are runners. And I'm like, how do you guys do it? It's so <laughs> confusing to me. But, um, you know, I think that just finding something and making yourself do it and committing to it. Um, I try to, so I used to work out five days a week. Now it's more like four days a week. Um, just because my body is, while I'm pushing myself in the individual workouts in general, I am a lot more tired than I was. And so it's hard to, you know, work and exercise and do everything I need to do. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Four days a week still, sometimes I go five days a week. It's still pretty good. So even just committing to showing up, um, you know, they say that you shouldn't try anything new when you're pregnant. I actually don't believe that. I, I actually think that that's hot take. If you're doing Pilates, you can also mix it up with bar. It's not all that different. If you want to make things interesting. Um, If you want to try, if you, you know, prenatal yoga, again, it's different, but if your body can do those two things, it can probably also do yoga. If, you know, if you have a regular fitness routine, you're probably safe. Um, But just, I would say mix things up, try something new and like see where your body takes you. Really listen to your body. There are some exercises where I will do in Pilates and listen, there's so much yes. But every now and then there's a, my body's like, no, nope, this is not going to happen. Or I will feel pain doing something. And I know that I should stop. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's about being in tune with your body and seeing how far you can safely take it. Yeah. I mean, talk to your physician, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, bar and Pilates, very similar. Don't go out and like power lift if you've never power lifted no. before. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I I pick up what you're putting down here. I like this. Um okay, so pregnancy um is different than your regular beat on a sweat life. Um talk us through what led you to like share this part of your life. You often cover like lifestyle, beauty and yes, wellness too. Um but what led you to open up a little bit more? So when I had my miscarriage, I was treated terribly by the medical system. I mean, it was one thing. My doctor was a jerk. The doctor that told me who was not my doctor was was such a monster. I actually complained to the hospital he was affiliated with. I mean, I was just, it was such a bad, misogynistic, awful situation. Just one thing after another. And I think some of it was like, the pan- the fact that we were very limited with options during the pandemic. And I think some of it was just like, am I, am I allowed to curse on here? Go crazy. These people were fucking assholes. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how else to say it. So I felt like too, like, you know, you go online and you go on Reddit or you go on, um, or you Google things and you try to get information. And there's a lot of, there's almost too much information out there and a lot of it is legit, but a lot of it's confusing and a lot of it conflicts each other. And mm-hmm. I did not. And I also, I'll tell you something. I'm a really big believer in actually getting the information straight out of your doctor's mouth 
when it comes to anything medical related or your or practitioner or whoever you're working with. I did not have that option. And I felt like I wanted to read. I'm like, has anyone else been through this? And I felt like I wanted to write. Like, I felt like I needed some sort of big sister to give me advice and I didn't have it. So I want to be someone else's big sister. So like I talked about, and I've actually said this on other podcasts and it's kind of gross, but it's true. Buy black granny panties that are cheap. Use them when you're done and you know when you'll be done, throw them out. Because I just found, I know it's brutal. I know, Listen, like I know it's dark. Underwear is so triggering during that time period. And it's just, it's something I just sat there for months and I'm like, one day I look down, I'm like, why am I still wearing this underwear? I need to throw it out. This is making me upset. It's reminding me every single time because you do not to be graphic, but you bleed so much for such a long period of time. Um, and that's, that's sort of why I recommend it. And I wish someone would have said that to me. So I sort of talked about, you know, I've talked about in my writing, you know, what to do. I also think there's a lot of taboo with IVF. And we also don't talk about all of its applications, which is, it's not always the woman, sometimes it's the man. Um, also for LGBT couples to conceive, that is how they conceive and have, um, and have children. So I think that there's so many, I'm so grateful that even though that's not how I got pregnant, I'm so grateful it exists. I'm so grateful that that's an option for people. And I think we need to talk about it more. I think that we need to take the taboo out of it. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, I mean, honestly, like those stats at the beginning, like if, if we believe that it's under, underreported, let's say like 20, 25% of women will have gone through um, what you went through and lots of women will need help um, getting pregnant and, and lots of couples will need help um, regardless of the makeup of that couple, whether it's two men, two women, a man and a woman yeah. um, will we'll need help conceiving. I have to say too, uh, Amanda, reading your article was really upsetting. Um, I like your question, like, is it normal that that the healthcare system fails women or women, anyone trying to conceive, like you're going through loss, you're going through grief of miscarriage. And then it's like, you have to figure it out. Like I, reading it was very upsetting. I will have to say, like, is, is that normal? Like, this is crazy to me. So the answer is, I don't think, I think it is normal in some cases, which is really un, unfortunate. And I always say like, Listen, I live in LA and I would say this for any major city. I don't understand why someone would go into gynecology or OBGYN if they're not a compassionate person because these things like go inject Botox, go inject Botox, (laughs) you'll make more money. Everyone comes out happy. You don't have to deal with people's emotions. Like go, go do that. Just become a great Botox injector. There's such a market for it. And that that's how I feel. Like that's what my doctor should have done instead of doing being an OBGYN. Um, no, we felt really lost. And I've had other situation, medical situations where I've really had to advocate for myself as well. And every time we turned a corner, we were met with another challenge. But I also think too, listen, there was one point where my husband sat there and he was so supportive throughout this. Um, and it was hard for him too, but like 
he's out there with the directory, you know, the online directory with my insurance company calling every single doctor. Hey, do you have an appointment? Hey, do you have no one had appointments because everyone was backed up due to the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. I think that the situation had it not been the pandemic, I think the situation would have been different. At the same time, I think had we not lived in it, if you don't live in a major city with thousands and thousands of doctors, I'd be willing to bet that that is that that can't is more likely to happen when your options are are limited. But I will say the system is just so misogynistic. Yeah, I know. We'll we'll link in the show notes to the article um, that more in more detail um, talks through Amanda's miscarriage. We're not going to make you talk through it all now because it's just a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's not I've shared a few of the details yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but it, it 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 what you went through was super misogynistic essentially being told to like figure it out on your own go to the yeah. ER um which is really rough when you are processing loss and that kind of loss too um and I'm I'm sh- I am certain Kelly that it happens to a lot of people because it also like I'm granted like when it happened to my mom, she went through two miscarriages and though it was more than almost like, um, we'll call it 39 years ago. (laughs) Oh boy. Um, which, um, and she was like asked what she did to make it happen. And you know, like it was that sort of thing, like buck up, try again, um, was kind of the attitude that she was met with. So it's better than it was, but it's definitely not good. Uh, and also, like, we have to acknowledge that, like, we're three white women right now. Like, women of color go through it even worse. Um, it's even it's even more challenging to get the care you need um, in those scenarios, too. You know, I that's actually what I said. I said, I can't believe we're sitting here. I mean, my husband has a master's mm-hmm. degree. I'm like, we're educated. Like, what? Like, what? like I cannot imagine. Wh- and we have, you know, financial resources. We have insurance. I cannot imagine what this is like for someone in a different situation. And it's just, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like this. And it's, it's funny because I think that our society has a big problem with calling out, you know, people will, people will make mistakes or people will say the wrong thing. And people are so quick to call out misogyny. But then when there is real misogyny, no one actually wants to acknowledge it. <laughs> it's just how I feel. Like I'm like, no, you're right. this is real misogyny, not like your boss told you your sweater was nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean <laughs> I mean we could talk about medical misogyny all day. Uh, I know. I will know there was once I used to write this email series called Brave Sunday, and like it was after I'd gone through like a big surgery. And I talked about, like, I went to see my surgeon, um, and I went through my list of questions cause it was COVID time. And I had to like be by myself and I knew I would only get like 15 minutes with this guy, like max, um, cause they try to leave the room the second they're in it. So I came in with a list of questions and I'm going through them, taking notes and he stands up and like towers over me and goes, do Ooh. you ever just relax? And I, yeah. And I, 
it's funny because it took me like a couple weeks to process it because I wrote about it in Brave Sunday. I was like, ha ha ha, I'm, I need to relax. And then my uh, good friend of a sweat life, DJ Blattner, um, responded to the email and she was like, that's actually a great example of medical misogyny mm-hmm. and you shouldn't put up with it. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> that really is. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was the response. Um, so there are lots of great doctors <laughs> out there, but there are also, uh, we're still dealing with a system that is run and trained by the old system. Yeah. It's, I would say this too. I think it's better to find a female doctor if that yeah. is an option, um, for anything on your, yeah, you know, you know, obviously there's exceptions, but like, I think that for things that are really sensitive and you're a woman, I just think a female doctor makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shout out to ZocDoc, man, making things happen. Oh, it is good. (laughs) Although I will say, and then we'll move on to our next question, but I do have another example of something that went terribly wrong. Uh, I was trying to find, I needed a new OB-GYN, um, and, there was a practice that was recommended to me and I called on the phone to book an appointment and the, like the dial up system had like a select a number kind Mm -hmm. of to book an appointment Mm -hmm. with blah, 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 push one. And the, there was a a doctor named Don. Um, and in my head I heard D A W N, but it was D O N. Um, and so (laughs) I ended up with like, um, I love certainly a fine, fine gentleman named Don. Um, and I walked in and I was like, uh oh. And I saw him long enough. <laughs> yeah, not what I was expecting. Uh, I switched very quickly after that. Uh, all right. And now it's time for show and tell. <laughs> Let's share a tip, a resource, or an article we looked into. While researching or living this, Amanda, you are our guest of honor. Do you want to go first or last? I'll I'll go. You know, I'll go last. Ooh, I like that for you, Kelly. Do you want to go second or second or first or second? <laughs> I'll go first. Okay, cool. Kelly, actually, what's mine, your show and tell tip? Yeah, mine is like a, a, an extension to mm-hmm. one of Amanda's tips about um, talking to your trainer because um, I think well, one a couple things. I think vetting the workout and a trainer is actually very important because I am coming from this as not as someone that's been pregnant or um, is pregnant, but someone that was a trainer for a hot second and I was a newer trainer. And I, I like to think back now, like there's, there's some things I knew about someone that was pregnant in class, but I was still like a very new trainer and I kind of cringe like thinking back Mm -hmm. to um, not being as supportive. So I think one, yes, definitely tell your trainer, but also try to like find resources and find workouts and find trainers that you know are supportive of someone that's pregnant. Um, a couple of resources I was thinking about is Expected and Empowered. They're like a great, um, there's two ladies that run it. They're being mostly digital, but they're incredible and they just have incredible resources. And then in Chicago, Pilates and Coffee is just like an incredible studio um, that really caters to pregnancy. So I would definitely like tell your trainer, but also do a little research and, and vet that workout and instructor. So it's from my experience as being a newbie trainer back in the day. <laughs> I love that. I think we, we all have said the wrong thing to a pregnant yeah. person. 
<laughs> at yeah. one point or another. Yeah. Uh, for example, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna repeat. <laughs> I definitely have like a running list of things I've said to pregnant people that keeps me up at night. <laughs> like I should email them. And say, oh, I, I get. No, I get it. <laughs> It was when I was young and stupid. Like, I can't get pregnant. I won't have abs I like anymore. Like, come on. <laughs> anyway, what a dick. Um, okay, my my show and tell um, this week is therapy. Um, again, having never been pregnant, not being pregnant now, nor trying to conceive at the moment, um, I did go through a dramatic change in my body, um, having the surgery in my abdominal region and a big, big scar. So I went through a lot of like different, but like body change issues and like thoughts, feelings, and emotions on both like one, how I looked and two, like guilt over thinking about how I looked, um, which is, is really a deadly spiral. Um, so I start, I like named it and talked to my therapist about it. And got to feeling a lot, a lot better. Um, she was like, why do you feel guilty about feeling this way? It's your body and it changed really quickly. So just having someone like mirror that back to me um, was very, very helpful to me. So shout out to therapy. Amanda, what's your resource? Okay. So I, I have two, I would say I sort of have two, two and a half. So <laughs> the, I always do things a long way. Um, <laughs> the doctor who was my IVF doctor, Dr. Shaheen Gadir is amazing. He has a lot of free resources on his website and he has free webinars. And even if you're not in the area, I think just like doing a free webinar with him or probably with any really good IVF doctor is a good way to get educated about the process, about understanding it, what's going on in a way that like you don't feel obligated in a way that you're not like worried, but just like, okay, I want to sit there. You and your partner should sit there and really learn about it. I think that's super helpful for IVF. And I would say also for IVF, I really, really like the Egg Whisperer on YouTube. She has a lot of interesting things. And I actually took one of her, I listened to one of her tips. And I actually think that that was why I got pregnant. Well, what was the tip? I mean, do you want to share it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she said to start taking true niagen. And this was right before she always, or she said that she tells her patients to start taking true niagen, which is NAD, um, or now it's NAD plus. Um, and it was too late for me to start doing that. So I just like went for it and got a full, I went to one of those IV places and got a full NAD plus infusion. And I'm just like a thousand percent convinced. Now, listen, I would say it's not medical advice, but if you're having trouble conceiving, it certainly can't hurt to take true niagen. They're not paying me. They should pay me because I've recommended Trinagen to like everyone um, or to just get an infusion if that's possible where you live. It's definitely worth looking into. I'll also say one thing I didn't do, which was very stupid. I, um, just I think I was just in such a fog when I had a miscarriage. You know, so many brave women on YouTube have made videos about their miscarriages and I think had I discovered those perhaps a little bit earlier, I wouldn't have felt so alone. So if you just put in your YouTube search bar miscarriage, you will find videos, watch a few, and then you'll the, let the algorithm do its job. Mm-hmm. It'll come up on your suggested videos. I'll also say this. So many of them have been conceived afterwards. You know, sometimes the videos are a few years old. 
and you get to see that there's a happy ending. Um, mm. Even if it's sort of this weird parasocial relationship, I think that that was something when I was trying to conceive that was really, really um, helpful to me personally. I love that. We also have interviewed on the podcast in in the vein of nutrition. We've interviewed the founders behind We Natal, which is a prenatal vitamin that's built for um, both in heterosexual couples, a man and a woman. But obviously, um, you can sort of join in that with your your partner, no matter what your relationship looks like, and it helps to sort of hit the nutrition side of the equation. All right. It's time for something we're loving this week. This is different than what's good. It's just something we like. It's our way of ending and sandwiching the podcast with something happy. Amanda, as our guest of honor, do you want to go first or last? I'll go last. Ooh, I like that for you. Kelly, would you like to go Mm -hmm. first again? No, Gina, you go first. Me go first? Okay, cool. (laughs) Well, at the time of recording, um, we have just concluded White Lotus. Um, (laughs) And I... Did love it. I love the finale. I know that there's some, um, if you are a fan of White Lotus or you haven't even watched it yet, I know this is in the future. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything for you. However, I will say I liked the finale. I liked how it finished. I thought that the writing was really good and it really presented um, the story with more places to go in the future. Yes, there were loose ends, but but life is loose ends, you know? Okay, <laughs> Kelly. Man, I need to watch What's it. something you're loving? Um, I'm going to categorize this under fun. Uh, but I, so I always tell myself that I'm not a reader and I want to be a reader. And the Slut Life community has like created this impromptu book club. And I finished this weekend because I was a little sick this weekend. So I consumed a lot of media. But I finished Hester, which is a book that our community is reading. And then I also started um, black cake, which I'm loving. And, so um, those are, those are things I'm loving right now. I'm reading, even though I'm not, I consider myself not a reader. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Amanda, what's your, what's something you're loving? Okay. This is, it's not an entertainment thing, but I've been living in aloe high-waisted leggings. And let me just say, they are great for not for when you're not pregnant. They're great for when you're pregnant. They are literally, I have probably like 60 pairs of leggings. Mm-hmm. And they are the most comfortable ones. And I've sort of limited myself to only wearing like the four or five pairs that I, that I have. So they're just, they're great. They're like, the, they're so comfortable. I'm wearing them right now. I love this for you. Okay, this has been another episode of We Got Goals. Amanda, shout yourself out. Where can the internet find you? Where can our listeners find you? Follow me on Instagram at it's I-T-S-A-M-A-N-D-A-L-A-U-R-E-N. And if you're, and by the way, feel free to DM me if you are like having a moment, you know, if you're going through this, I'm totally happy to talk to anyone. Um, I'm at Amanda Lauren on Twitter, although I don't know if people still use Twitter anymore, but Mm. I kind of like Twitter. I think it's fun. Um, I also have a podcast where I talk a bit about this and design called Mm. Bougie Adjacent. That's super fun. And um, I highly recommend listening and subscribing to it. Love that. Ah, This has been another episode of We Got Goals, which is in a sweatlife.com production. Thanks to Ryan Deffitt for editing, to Ryan Barayuga for video production, and to you, our listeners, for liking, subscribing, doing all of the stuff that you do with podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. 
Uh, thanks so much for joining us. I forgot how to say thanks so much, but whatever. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Amanda. Bye. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye.